Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Hello, we're coming at you guys with a fun bonus episode. Bonus track. We've never done this before, but you will be getting two episodes of Going There this week because we wanted to release this in a time-sensitive manner because it's kind of the subject right now in culture. So, Yeah, if you saw our sneak peeks at all today, we are kind of having conversation about our review of Francine Rivers and the new movie Redeeming Love. Yeah, but more just the movie, actually, because, yeah, a lot of us have read the book. Some of us have not. But, yeah, we're excited to kind of dive in. And I guess we can go into a precursor of these are our opinions. I think that everyone should do their own research on things, listen to other people that have been giving their opinions. Actually, that's kind of what inspired us to do this because we realized so many people were speaking on it. And at first I was kind of like, okay, well, there's already great people like stating their opinions. But the more I thought about it and then after actually deciding to see the movie, I think Christian and I might have a slightly different perspective. And whether that's right or wrong, we'd love to hear feedback. But again, no, these are just our opinions. And you should not make your decision on whether or not to go see the movie based on what we say. Yeah. And again, a huge caveat to say that, yeah, this might be an awesome movie for some people to see, maybe a really bad movie for some people to see. We are just coming at you again with our opinion, our thoughts, maybe that you can take this and consume some other people's opinions and reviews and then make a decision for yourself in wisdom and discernment and self-awareness for what would be good for your mind and heart. So, yeah. Okay. So to kind of start, if you don't know about Redeeming Love, I've kind of been surprised to find a lot of my Christian friends like really don't know about it. And I actually was introduced to the book in college, my now mother-in-law like gave it to me and had me read it. She loves the book, loved it, and I think it still does. And I read it and absolutely loved it. And it's part of Francine Rivers. I think she was kind of branded as like a Christian romance novelist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wrote fiction books. I did not read her other series, but I've heard people talk about it. And basically the book Redeeming Love is based off of, it's like a fictional twist, but based off of the book of Hosea in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the book of Hosea in the Bible speaks to Israel's rebellion against God in following direction. And so the entire story of redeeming love and this idea is that in the Bible, Hosea is an actual person and he pursues a life and a wife in a woman. God calls him to marry a woman named Gomar and she is a prostitute. And so Time and time again, she turns away from him and he continues to chase after her. So again, it's supposed to be this picture of God's redeeming love, purchasing us after our rebellion and rebellion over and over again against him, back for his love as a jealous God and a God who loves us and wants his people for himself. He comes back to us time and time again. So that's kind of the picture that this book is painting. Just like the relentless fight, too. Just like, yeah, never giving up on that. And so did you read the book, Christian? Yes, I read the book. I'm trying to think when you said the year, I was like, when did I read the book? I think I read it 16, maybe like 2016. Yeah, mine would have been like 14, 13 or 14. I remember hearing of it. So, yeah, I'm about to turn 30. And so I'm a little, a few years older. I remember hearing it first of probably like in high school. And I remember like a few people throwing it around, never like 
I don't know, no one ever told me to read it. So I never read it at that time, but it's a popular novel. So if you have read it, we'd love to hear from you as well. But again, it's this picture and just a novel of what the story is supposed to portray. Okay, so this, I'm looking it up. It actually came out in 1991. Did you look that up too? Yes, I did. That's crazy. Okay, so and again, the fictional story of it, it's set in the 1850s in the The Gold Gold Rush Rush in California. So anyways, I really liked the book. I remember reading it and... I guess we'll kind of go into some of the critiques. I mean, I think if we're just talking about the book, it was for sure branded as a Christian novel. And I am hearing a lot of critique now that like women who read it in high school or college, like looking back on it, there were scenes that just like maybe brought you to a like negative emotional place because you're kind of comparing a relationship you would want in the real world to this Michael Hosea character who's obviously fictional and is supposed to represent like God. I personally don't remember struggling or feeling that way at all about it. Or I think I like just fully felt the understanding of, no, this is supposed to represent like God's relentless love for me in a really cool story. I mean, the author is an amazing storyteller, awesome writer. I don't remember personally struggling with feeling like, oh, this is emotionally making me think about like a real world relationship or even some of the like more explicit sex scenes because obviously she's a prostitute. So you're getting like detail about that. I don't ever remember feeling weird or struggling about that. I think I just like saw it in a bigger context. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I think back to how the book was presented to me and I remember it was presented in that context of like this book is a picture of this like story in the Bible and this is what it's supposed to portray. You should read this book book. And so I do think it did help me with that lens because some of the critique or conversation around like this book could lead someone to think wrong things about, you know, maybe like sexual thoughts that they shouldn't be thinking or be tempted to only be focusing on finding a husband in your life or be like all of these things. I agree with like it could have done that, but I did not read it with that lens because that's not the lens I was looking at. I was looking at like oh, yeah, this guy pursues this woman who continues to be unfaithful and chase something that's really bad for her, but he comes back with, like, unconditional love, like Jesus comes for us. So in no way did I picture it as such. And so, yeah, I enjoyed the book. I'm honestly not a huge book reader. Samantha's probably the one to, like, speak more to that because she reads tons. But, again, even in the book setting, obviously, as you're reading a book, I think some of those, like, pictures and stories – come to life a little bit like and you can imagine those moments for me I'm not like a super imaginary reader so again for me it wasn't like tempting like I wasn't sitting there and in my mind like drawing out this like sex scene that was being portrayed or this like really sexual or sensual moment that was not my experience at all and I don't remember details about the book but I don't think it the sex scenes in the book were explicit at all and what's interesting so I'm in a book club and it's a group of like 12 to 15 like Christian really like God-fearing women who I really love and trust and we read only fiction books that like are not spiritual at all like that's kind of the rule we all are involved in certain Bible studies and just like use this book club as just like a fun way to read because we all enjoy fiction books. And so there have definitely been a few books that have either been chosen and one of us starts them and realizes like it's a little bit too extreme sexually or, you know, a lot of like YA young adult fiction is like so honestly just like pornographic these days. Like I don't know if you've ever read a book like that, but I started to recently and was like this. I feel uncomfortable reading this. And so we're really particular about what books we choose in that regard now and try to read reviews. So I think like if we're just thinking about the book, anytime you consume any kind of content, so whether that's watching a show, reading a book, watching a movie, you have to be thoughtful of those things. And so 
Okay, that's kind of the book side. Like it was branded as this Christian romance novel, which honestly is like a weird concept anyways. Mm-hmm. Very weird anyways. Like it's I think we just have to take the Christian part out of it and just think it's like a good book. I don't know. So coming to the movie, when Christian and I started seeing a lot of backlash about it, I feel a little confused about it because you can go because you researched this. Like, it's not yeah. branded as a Christian movie. Yeah. So the movie was produced by three different producing, like, studios. One of them was Universal Studios, which also, like, produced Fifty Shades of Grey. A lot of, obviously, like, a high, ton of like, movies. ton yeah. of, like, movie titles that we know. And then two of them were Christian production agencies. And so you have these three agencies involved. One of them, obviously, really mainstream. Tons of, like, is going to have an opinion a lot to make sure to cater to. Was funding most of it, Yeah, sure. funding most of it. Wants to, obviously, showcase this title and be really successful in, like, a non-Christian sense as well. Just, like, in a worldly view. But then you have these other two producers who are obviously really involved and, obviously, like want a good message to come through the film. But what I thought was interesting is that when you look into how it was promoted, what was said about it, and from the very beginning, even the description of the film, if you look up like anything about that, never mentions anything about Christ, Christian, God, anything about being religious. So based off a Bible story, nothing like that. So I think my first take was that I think it was kind of confusing. Obviously, we grew up, we read Redeeming Love, we know of the book. But if you don't know that, anyone who's going to a movie theater and they're like, I'm going to go see a movie and they walk up and go to buy a ticket and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to buy. Oh, that storyline looks good. Two people who fall in love after he pursues her time and time again in the gold rush. Okay, cool. I'll buy uh, like I'll buy those tickets. And so I think that's what's interesting about it. It wasn't marketed as a Christian film. It wasn't even really set up like that. But if you know the background, I could see where that could be confusing. But as an outsider, I just wasn't expecting a Christian film necessarily. Yeah, even though we knew it came from this Christian author's story, in Francine Rivers, we read some interviews with her talking about the movie. She was super involved. And it really did follow the storyline of the book. If you're one of those people who reads a lot and then gets kind of bummed. Yeah, when there movies. were like a few things off, but it was I, like pretty I think, close. Yeah, I think for the most part, it was pretty close. And she says she's so proud of how the movie turned out. Like, that's exactly how she wanted it to be, because she wanted it to be a movie that non-Christians would come and watch. And so I think I went into it knowing that I'm like, OK, yes, there were also Christian more like Christian influencers promoting the movie. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. noticed that on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like a lot of them went to premieres. But other than that, again, I think I'm trying to think of this as like, okay, this is just another worldly movie. Now we should say it's rated PG-13. So I think you have to look at it and say, do I watch PG-13 movies? And do I watch PG-13 movies that are PG-13? Because there are some implied sex parts of it. Or like, okay, so I think we should get into it. Like there was some nudity but not showing any part so like the back part of her yeah so i think the parts that are pretty controversial is there's some nudity obviously she's a prostitute so in this home that she lives in well it's a brothel yeah Yeah. it's a brothel that she like works out of there's quite a bit of not like yeah front on or like forward you don't see her butt no you don't see anything necessarily but it is very much so like she is nude. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple scenes where, like, her hair is over her, like, chest, but, mm-hmm. like, she definitely doesn't have a shirt on. Or, like, a robe kind of draped low. You can see, like, most of her back bare 
things like that. Yes. And then you can, it's like implied what she just did, you know? Yeah. And then there are like two sex scenes, Michael Hosea and Angel, the two like main characters have sex twice. And it is the context they are married at this point. And he has waited and waited for his bride to be ready to have sex when it like meant something to her. And so in the context, both times they have sex in the movie that it is in the context of marriage and it is really like sensual scene. I mean, it's not pretty emotional. Yes. Very emotional. Not no clothes are off. I don't even think on either one. They're like clothed, but it's like they are for sure having sex. We can see those things. And I think one of them kind of goes to like them on the bed and there's some like close nudity, but no nudity again. But again, it is like I think I we left and right away I was like, oh, those were like more intense emotionally they for than sure what were. I thought. Yeah. Like I feel like a normal movie these days would have like tons of nudity. It would be like, oh my gosh, like I needed to close my eyes or turn away or like we shouldn't be watching this. Where this was more of like, oh gosh, like I felt like the only thing that made me feel weird was like, I feel like emotionally like I shouldn't be in this moment for them. Like yeah, this like, feels I feel, awkward I for felt, me. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Like I almost felt like I was watching someone, a like super intimate moment, but not like an explicit type of way. Like mm-hmm. a, I don't know. It's like almost when two people are like, I don't know, just professing their love. You're like, oh, gosh, I need to let you have your personal yeah. moment here for a second. Mm-hmm. It was more of that feeling. And I will just say, I mean, again, loving the film for someone who we left it and some of the, re- you know, we read some reviews before seeing the movie and then left and kind of like discussed it and our opinions of it. And some of the reviews I remember saying were like, oh, it's really triggering to someone who has had like a sexual past or sexual mm-hmm. trauma or sexual harassment. And I didn't really feel that from the sex scenes. And that those are the reviews I had seen that people were saying like from the sex scenes this but I did tell Samantha I was like I don't have that a part of my story and I'm like really thankful and obviously like blessed by that but I did say like the scenes even for me in the brothel of how Angel is like at times abused or hurt or just taken advantage of by men in a sexual way are really hard to watch Mm -hmm. and so I do think if that's part of your past my recommendation would be probably not to see it it's not it's not helpful it again creates the story and helps like amp up the emotion in the story of what we are watching in the moment. But it is really hard to watch. It's and hard, I would yeah. say that that's like my opinion for someone who has that in their past. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see why some people would be critiquing those because for sure, if you're someone who's like struggled with the sexual past or like, I don't know, it didn't pull up those feelings for me personally. But yeah, we, I don't know. We do have to be cautious about like what we're letting into our brain. And so that would be my only thing is, yeah, those were intense. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like, I mean, we have so many thoughts we could go on and on. But I think, again, to these points, some of the critique and even like personally, like I agree with these that. You know, when you are watching a film that is set up in this way and that these actors, yeah, like the whole idea of like, well, we're not seeing anything, though. But it is true. Like the actor or actresses are nude on scene. Those people are not their spouses. They are acting and we are like spending our money in that way. Like, yeah, I think that's something we need to like all think about and we need to be discerning of. And and so I do think that gets complicated in the way that. Yeah, is it like good for us to be spending our money that way? But at the same time, I think where Samantha and I kind of got to in this conversation of like, if we're putting that up against this movie, we need to be doing that about everything in our mm-hmm. lives. That I mean, that could go down to like what Instagram accounts am I following? Yeah. Is the girl really explicit? Like, yeah, that's me as a girl looking at another girl, like, like who in maybe a is like bikini yeah, or- bikini or whatever. But I'm like, no, like, is that appropriate? And so I think that's the hard thing about it. 
we thought the movie was awesome and we loved it, but it was one of those things that I'm like, well, I don't know why we're setting harsher critiques on this than anything else we're consuming. Yeah. And that's basically it. Like we truly loved this movie. Like we weren't crying, but like by the end of it, we noticed like we jumped up first and a lot of other people were just still sitting there. And I'm like, I think everyone's like crying. There's a Lauren Daigle song at the end that just like, mm, it gets you. But yes. so we love the movie. And I think the only reason people are talking about it, I think the frustrating thing is this negative critique about it is all coming from people saying like, this is crazy for a Christian movie. But again, just to reiterate our point, if we just are looking at it as another PG-13 movie, like it really was just another movie. And it should just, if anything, make us all kind of evaluate what we're consuming, what Netflix shows we're watching. It really wasn't super bad if you're comparing it to shows that I guarantee some of you listeners watch every day and don't think much of or maybe you fast forward through certain scenes or let things slide. So if anything, we just hope this conversation again is a good reminder to take like an audit of your life and say like, okay, what am I consuming? But we personally don't think this movie was super bad if you're comparing it. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, we this is our opinion. So you guys could for sure disagree and we'd be happy to chat with you or have a conversation or get coffee and discuss it. I think we left. We live in a college town. There are a lot of young people here. There are a lot of people who believe in Jesus. And there's also a lot of people who don't. You know, we live in a pretty liberal town. And I think when we left, both of us have mentored or currently mentor younger women. And we both thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool if I was a girl who didn't know Jesus or I was mentoring a girl who didn't know Jesus and maybe she was living a similar life. Maybe she was caught in sexual sin and really like hating her life and not like knowing that's not fulfilling her, but not knowing another way to live and feeling like, gosh, like this is all I'm good at. So I should just keep like sleeping around with a bunch of randos all the time. Like, why does that matter? Why should I change? And for that girl, I was thinking, wow, this movie could actually show her a picture of like, no, that you're not like left. You're not stuck in this like rut of the only option you have. Like you can choose something else. And this is like hope for that, Mm -hmm. I think. And so I think from that perspective, you and I were encouraged in a way of like, if Francine's purpose and hope was to kind of like, I don't know, capture maybe the heart or mind or thought of someone who is caught in relentlessly just like sinning in a way, then I thought that actually was like Mm -hmm. probably really true and possible from that film. Yeah, I was personally moved by it and felt like, yeah, I'm just reminded of the way that God pursues me again in that. And maybe that is because we have that context. I guess I think I would say if you're someone who is really, really sensitive to seeing any kind of sexual images, then you probably are already really guarded about what you consume. And then, yes, this probably shouldn't be a movie that you see. And maybe that like in a way I do think it is personal of like we all know ourselves we all have certain convictions and so at the end of the day I think there's like awesome godly women who will like choose to see this movie and be fine and then I think there's awesome godly women who will set it as a boundary and that's also fine and I see both ways I think I'm I've just been frustrated by the lack of like thinking through I don't know maybe this alternative that it could be really cool for people and that maybe we're a little as Christians sometimes too quick to I don't know. It's like this. I'm a super firm person and like really like strong and black and white. And I like things to just be really defined. But I think sometimes God calls us to living a little bit more in the messiness of like figuring out in this world what can be useful, what can be harmful. And it's not always just like clear cut. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I think sometimes as Christians, we just want to like jump down anything that comes from our culture that like 
doesn't align completely, but we could also forget that maybe it could be used in a way, like you're just saying, that could be really beneficial. And maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Just how I'm feeling right now. No, and I think even to that point, I think I was frustrated by some of the reviews because you see people who they're obviously like awesome Christians. That's great. And they are going to this film and they're like flabbergasted that it's not perfectly biblical, perfectly like all of these things. And I'm like, well, yeah, nothing is. Like we live in an uber broken world. And so why are we as Christians going to this film thinking that it's like literally going to preach the Bible? Like, I think if anything, I mean, again, we had this whole conversation. There's tons of things that we need to review and look at and critique in our own lives. But if you're not first and foremost, like going to the Bible for your like guiding point and for truth and for wisdom, then like, yeah, nothing's going to be the actual word of God. And so we are for sure not saying that. But I think that was a little bit of the frustration that people were putting this such on a pedestal when I'm like, no, like that's not what it's meant to be. Yeah. And I think maybe that shows that we sometimes we all have this issue of putting a little bit too much weight in like any kind of Christian author, fiction, nonfiction of like being our source to be perfect. And I think that's why a lot of times we're let down by these, you know, pastors or teachers that we followed. And then when they make a mistake, we're so shocked. It's like that's kind of with this mm-hmm. story, too, with Francine Rivers. I mean, seriously, I really liked what she said in certain articles. Like if you think about it, we don't know where Francine Rivers is in her faith. I mean, she wrote Redeeming Love in 1991. We have no idea like where she she is with God. And so we're not going to redeeming love to like be super biblically accurate or like teach us theology. Like Mm-mm. it's a cool adaptation of a book of the Bible that honestly, like now I understand what the book of Hosea is more about. And then it's cool for us to be able to kind of like relate. And again, at the end of the day, like I did feel like we saw this picture of when I walked out of the theater because I am a Christian and have a relationship with God. I felt this sense of like, wow, like God really does pursue me in such a way that's so relentless and I should really like, you know, there's so many things I feel bound by shame or this or that. It's like, no, he literally will go to the end of the earth Mm -hmm. to bring me back to him. And time and time and time again, he chases you unconditionally and loves you like even after we make mistakes saying like we won't the next time. Yeah. So we hope that you guys hear this conversation as again, our opinion of it. We would love to hear your thoughts. And again, if we have like super differing opinions, we'd love to get with you, have coffee with you, talk with you about it. We want to be refined and sharpened in our thinking and our pursuit of Jesus as well. So we would love to hear your thoughts and we look forward to hearing from you. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at going there, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.